Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. This is episode number 12 with Married to India, where I'm going to discuss a little bit about my efforts in writing my first book. When we had returned from India, it was 2003. And at this time, I had experienced quite a bit when I was there. And I thought, I wonder how many people kind of live to experience something like this firsthand. And have they ever shared anything about their experiences? Um, And I started doing a lot of searching on the web when I noticed that there were very limited um, forums for this kind of chatter and in which I had found one um, particular individual at the time. Um, I'll just name her by her first name, but her name was Darshani. And it was a Caucasian young lady who was married to an Indian. And she was very open about how her approach to being married to someone of Indian origin um, had, had been kind of lived out, if you will. She was in a way a little bit of an extremist in the way that she did things. She completely converted over to Hinduism. And some of the strong cultures, some of the strong cultural aspects, I don't even know if they're religious as much as they are cultural. I don't want to group them with either. But some of those things that that a lot of individuals, unless you're in like a village, do not even practice today, um, were things that she was practicing, even living in the United States, uh, newly married uh, to her husband. And it was almost like the extreme side of things. And then you had some people that were on the other side of things, but there wasn't one particular place where all these people could gather together. It was almost like there was just a trickle here, trickle here, a question, a question, an answer, an answer. And there wasn't a whole lot of like gathering as groups. So Srinu and I made the initiative to start a online forum actually in I want to say 2001, 2002. And we had named this forum Married to India. Eventually it turned from, you know, a forum that we had scripted and built to eventually after many, many years, decades, almost, um, the group decided to take it over to Facebook group once uh, Facebook became more uh, user-friendly and people just thought this is an easier way to do it um, and so forth. But it was at that time that, I started really taking in what other people's experiences were. And then by the time I went to India and I came back, I was thinking like, now I have firsthand knowledge. And I don't think that there's a lot of people that really could understand things the way that I now understood things. Because as an American who never ever left her country. And I mean, to be honest, I'd never left the tri-state area until um, I met Srinu and then we went to Florida and like, I was just kind of stuck in this tri-state area. So being able to go to India and experience it firsthand and come back and just talk about it, that's one thing. I'm sure all people go to India and it's like your senses are awoken and you can come back and talk about all types of great things. But to actually be an insider where I went and I got to see firsthand things take place that most people, unless you are born into that culture, living in India would not experience. And I really wanted to write about it. So I wrote this book and it was, it's called Married to India. It is not in, um, in circulation anymore. I believe you can still find it on some outlets, but it's no longer being published. Um, it was published in 2007 and I, I just, 
it was one of those things. I started in 2003. By 2007, I had my kids and I didn't have time. And finally, one publisher was like, Amy, we want to publish it. We want to take it as is. Um, and I kind of handed it over without having it proofed or anything like that. But now that, you know, I'm looking back on it, that's probably something that I will pursue in redoing in the future based on the demand and how people feel it could be beneficial to them by really just getting down and deep in that. I felt like initially, I was very reserved because, again, my father-in-law was a very, um, I would say, very respected professor in what he was doing and where he was. And I myself felt like I didn't want to share too much information. Um, I wanted to really err on caution of not disrespecting him in any way or offending him in any way or, you know, just making him uncomfortable. And I think that moving forward, I think it's really important to educate people on just life choices. And I'm hoping that this podcast, I, I can't answer the question as to what exactly this podcast is going to be. I can tell you that I will continue to stay true to the title of this podcast of being married to India. I can tell you that I will always be honest and open with my experiences, my feelings. And I know that there will be people out there um, that aren't going to necessarily agree. There's going to be haters. There's going to be a lot of things. And I think that before I even started this, I was very open minded to all that. I'm not easily offended by any means. So moving into this book, I had wrote it really just to, I feel like document my own experience and leave something behind for even my kids to let them know like what it was I endured, what it was I experienced. And especially my travels to India and being, being involved in, uh, an arranged marriage where it's not your typical process that somebody would see. And from, you know, getting there to experiencing, you know, the, the girl selection process, and then just seeing the exchange of all this money and jewelry and um, watching the whole process. My first Indian wedding ever that I experienced was my brother-in-law. So that firsthand of being like an insider intrigued me. Nobody had ever explained to me the process of arranged marriages. I know that when Srinu and I had started dating and started talking about marriage, um, the topic was brought up because people, of course, had asked me, oh, he's not, you know, he's not expected to have an arranged marriage. And it just piqued my curiosity. And so I had a lot of questions. I mean, part of, I, I feel like part of our relationship has really been how intrigued we've been with each other's culture and each other's family traditions. It's, it's really kept things over the years, very interesting for us. But I think that when it comes down to these arranged marriages, I had a lot of questions in the beginning. And even Srinu, when he had gone back to India for the first time, after we started dating, it was pushed on him uh, to start meeting people and taking a look at people. And he just wasn't interested because I think at that time he knew and he figured out like the minute that we separated when he, you know, had to get on that flight, like, I can't say that up until that point, I, I don't think I knew how much I cared about Srinu, but when he got on that plane and he had left and I had no way to reach him because I didn't have any contact information for him in India, it was so overwhelming for me that it was at that point that I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I really care about this guy more than I realized because there was just this feeling inside of me, this gut-wrenching feeling that what if 
what if by some crazy way he wound up going there and having an arranged marriage and I never saw him again? I had one of my friends from India who I had known who was a Christian gentleman. And he was telling me this happens all the time. Guys come to the US, they meet girls, and they, you know, have a good time out here. And they go back to India and their parents influence them, they get married, and they come back to the US, they change their phone numbers, sometimes switch jobs, and you never see, see or hear from them again. And this scared me to death, because it was at that point that I realized I could not live without this man. And so he was supposed to go and stay there up until um, the end of February. And Srinu actually went. And after 14 days, he wound up turning around and coming back to the U.S. and surprising me. So I think at that point when he had did that, I realized like, we were never, ever going to be separated again. Um, and I just felt like I had to write about this. I had to write about this experience so that other people could hear firsthand how that experience was. And so it was very important to me to, to start from not only where Srinu and I had met, but to also keep going and tell how I experienced the arranged marriage process in India, how I experienced our relationship when we came back, the trials and tribulations that we went through to get where we are today. We endured a lot. And I always tell people that if somebody offered me a million dollars to repeat the first two years of my marriage, I would be like, absolutely no way. I'm sure there are other ways to earn a million dollars than to have to go through that because there was a lot of learning, living, loving, and just letting go that had to happen in that two years. And so I just felt that all in all, that a book was the one thing that would allow me to just pour my heart and soul into the process of what I was going through kind of drowning out all the noise and all the frustration because I was just pouring it into these pages. And it it wound up being one of those things that just allowed me to relieve so much of my stress and tension onto these pages because nobody in my circle and nobody around me could possibly understand what I was going through. And it felt like everybody that I talked to always had an answer. They always had an answer. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Or, oh, you know, that's not the right way to do that. Oh, he shouldn't do that. Oh, you know, his parents shouldn't do that. And it's just like, they really couldn't understand because I was in such a situation that I was trying to not only respect his parents, but I was trying to respect his culture. I was trying to respect his religion, even though that was not something I was used to. It was not something that I believed in. It was something that because my love for him was so strong, those were super important to me. Respecting his parents, because without them, I wouldn't have Srino, was super important to me. And respecting his religion, because that's something that he believed in, was super important to me. And then culturally, even though it was so out of the norm and so non-existent to me in my life, it intrigued me more. It made me want to learn more so that I could give back more to my marriage, my relationship, who I was. And so writing my book, Married to India, was one of those things where I always felt like it needed to be done. But now that I'm where I am today, 
so much of it has changed. I know we always hear about people saying this and saying that, and you always have the media saying, oh, well, they said this, and then later on they said that. And I always tell people, everyone is entitled to a change of opinion. And that's one thing I think the world should really stay a little bit open-minded to, because when you know better, you do better. And my Angelou, like, I'm a big time fan of hers. And I feel like that is like one of the things that has resonated with me for such a long time. And I feel like if people go out and they explore and they open their mind to things and they know better, they do do better. And if you don't do better, then that is something that within yourself, you need to figure out and work on because there's no way not to do better. So the whole fact that I wrote that book from beginning to end and just, you know, dated my experiences on that from the time again that we had met all the way up until my trip to India was over and we were now back to the US. It was just important for me to kind of get that out there and share as much as I could at the time with with anybody who needed that. So the book again Married to India was one of those things that I felt um could have been greater than it was, but unfortunately I didn't have the time with four small kids to dedicate to it. And I'm looking forward to really growing that a little bit more and embracing what I've written and redoing that book very soon so that I can just kind of include things that are more current, more lived and more experienced. I would have never thought at the time when my brother-in-law got married in India, I was writing this book that I would ever be like a South Asian um, wedding photographer. Like that's a bulk of what we do is South Asian weddings in general. So unless it's dabbling somewhere or another in Indian weddings, usually, um, we don't see a lot of them. I probably do 20, 25 weddings a year and out of 20 to 25 weddings, maybe five of them are non-Indian in any way. And so it's just opened my mind to so many things. And now that I've done thousands of weddings, um, it's just Every time I experience an Indian wedding, it reminds me of everything good that we've been able to give to our kids in our lives because we are cross-cultural married. So um, that's just a reason why I wrote that book would have been because I felt like the world needed to hear what I had to say, especially all the moms like my moms who kept saying, oh, have you watched that um, that movie, Not Without My Daughter with Sally Fields. And as sad as it is to say, older generations who are not exposed to many cultures or religions, that is the stereotype. And I'm hoping that with this podcast and with, you know, as we keep progressing with all that I have to share, we can break some of those molds and really open people's eyes to being able to just think broader, think bigger, um, and realize that this world is such an amazing place. If you if you're able to embrace it. Guys, that's all I've got for you on that. Again, my name's Amy Rigetti. Podcast here today is Married to India. And I'm hoping that you guys will follow, like, share everywhere you can that you can find me. Again, my um, handle on Instagram is Married to India. My Facebook page, if you want to be a friend with me, is Amy Rigetti. And of course, if you're looking for more information regarding my business stuff, that is at The Rigetti's. And that's, again, Srinu and I are husband and wife team. So that's how we share that. And then... Um, of course, if you guys have any questions, concerns, or you just have something maybe private that you want to ask me that you don't feel like you could share, you want to just do it more discreetly, you can always um, inbox me on any of those forms and I'll be sure to get back to you as soon as possible. Again, subscribe, like, share, and follow me everywhere. Till tomorrow. Thanks, guys.